Hey, 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 Real Talkers, it's Dr. Nikki here. So in this episode, we are listening to episode five and six of Never Have I Ever. Oh my God, so much fun and so exciting. So pull up a piece of couch, listen to the episodes and the podcast and get real talking. Love you all. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Mom and teen real talk. We are here talking about Never Have I Ever. I'm Angie Solly. I work with teens. I'm here with Dr. Nikki. Nikki, do you want to say hello? Hi, everybody. I'm so glad to be here with you. I think this is the key to really developing great relationships, having so much fun doing things together, talking about things, not necessarily about your own selves, but about other people and their very common situations and somehow applying it to greater understanding. Uh, I'm Dr. Nikki. Uh, I'm a family doctor and I really love thinking about teenagers and young adults and, and parents too. But I, I really... I, I think teens and young adults are the key to the future of this world and really making sure that that they're all shored up and and able to really like think about things and move things forward for themselves and be confident and have great relationships with their families. Awesome. Okay, so here we are talking about Never Have I Ever and what these characters are up to and doing to help us look maybe a little bit at our own emotional well-being and how we react in situations and our life choices. So this one, it gets a little deep talking about episode five and six of season two. So now we're looking at um, eating disorders, which I you know, that's coming up as a new unexpected development. And we have that with Anissa and we have friendships that we're always looking at and never have I ever. And when you kind of blow off one friend because it doesn't mean anything to you, that's what we see Davy doing here. So all kinds of things going on. Um, So what did what did you think about this episode or what did you notice? What stood out to you? I, I really love this episode. I liked what you just said. We have this new thing about eating disorders and teenagers and young people. And I knew that it, it eventually had to come in there. I wasn't sure exactly how it was going to come in. So it came in with this perfect package of Anissa, who seemed to be just the most stellar person, student, friend in the school and somebody who was also Indian for Davy to somehow compare herself to or not. But she has the secret that somehow Davy figured out based on how she was eating. And Davy's so flip about the comments that she makes to people or the things that she says, especially when she's mad. So I thought it was really interesting that she made this flip comment and everybody ran with it. But why is everyone running with this information and making it the most important thing that they need to tell everybody about in the school? And why do you think that it was so bad that Anissa needed to leave the other school for it? Rather than rallying around Anissa and trying to figure out how to work on whatever's going on with her and being an ally with her and trying to keep her safe, they're really creating a situation where she's being 
she's being made to feel like an outsider for having these particular issues, which are such common issues for young girls in particular. I don't, I don't know. What do you think about that? Where it became like, she's the, the bad one, the, the thought about poorly one, like, what is that? Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, so we have, it's like that high school dynamic and we see this play out so often in certainly in the media, in movies and TV. This is the setting where someone is completely ostracized and there's some vicious rumors and a lot of like mean activity in the the school social scene so that people feel like isolated or like they have to leave their school to escape that. Like being part of that group and that population feels so painful. And I don't know how often that happens in school in reality, but I think certainly it's represented enough in books and TV and, and, enough people have that experience that it feels relatable. So Davy, I don't think intentionally, she likes Anissa and she was just mad about seeing Anissa and Ben flirting. And in that moment, she just said, she's probably anorexic. I hardly ever see her eat anything. You know, she wasn't thinking about what she was saying. It just came out suddenly. And then people, like you said, people ran with it. So what is that about gossip or you hear that someone in high school had whatever situation they have an eating disorder or they're self-harming or that person attempted suicide or that person slept with two people on the same week or didn't we have that earlier on oh that was gossip girl right so yeah no we're totally because because all of this seems to happen here as it did in Gossip Girl, it just feels a little bit different. There's a, uh, yeah, a, little a bit of a comedic thing, but right. yeah, you know. And yeah, I just think, and then we see that ripple like go through the whole school. And then when they try to figure out where it, where it started or how it comes from, we see it through, again, through comedy. Well, it, these, these two girls that kind of rule the school with kind of they these girls are represented like very vapid um kind of superficial girls that said oh she's anno we maybe I guess we shouldn't tell a lot of people because it's like personal or we see them or they felt bad for her even like we feel kind of bad for her they yeah they didn't it was and then (laughs) Trish finds out and it just virals and then poor Anissa is here at the other end of it saying it's not just a rumor Davy says it's just a rumor right what's the big deal and she says it's not true and Anissa says it is true I I do struggle with this eating disorder I'm battling it and then when she did tell Fabiola I and um when they were all sitting together and she explained and said, let me tell you what's going on with this. I just thought it was amazing that the girls listened to her, gave her their full attention and there was no approval. There was no disapproval. There was no judgment. There was no gasping. That's horrible. I can't believe you have to deal with that. There was no like, well, you'll, you'll be fine. You'll get over it. They just listened. And I thought that was such an accepting moment of her being able to explain here's what happened to me I really 
struggled. I felt, you know, constricted because my mom is uh, forcing me to wear these clothes because I'm Muslim. I don't feel comfortable. The only thing that I felt comfortable in that crowd, they were complimenting me on how thin I was. And that became something that I focused on. I got help for it. I'm still struggling with it. And everyone listened to her. And that felt like such a healthy way for her to just honestly explain and a healthy way for her to unload without having the judgment and the reaction. And she didn't have to deal with it or feel guilty for telling her story. I just thought, um, I totally agree with you. I mean, the emotional maturity of Davy's friends and who she surrounds herself is pretty high. I think yes. they're considered Especially compared and, to Davy. Compared to Davy, absolutely. So it was an interesting thing. So you said something before: if the rumor wasn't true, would she have cared about it or not? And then this whole kind of punitive action to find out who did it in order to punish somebody as opposed to really using it as an opportunity to teach people about the difficulties related to body image and body dysmorphia for, for girls and for women and so on. It's always really amazing to me. Like we're looking to point a finger and we're looking to blame and deciding that somehow that would make things okay, but that right. doesn't make things okay. It was okay when Anissa got to talk about it a little bit, maybe yeah. it would be okay if people knew about it and they could be kind, sensitive, empathetic, and help her with something that she struggles with. But instead, we go on this witch hunt to find the person that started the rumor, led by Davy, so that she would be able to weasel her way out of, of actually being accused of that. And of yeah. course, everything always blows up in her face, and it goes back on her and we find out that it actually would have been better if she had either you know spoken about it early on or really apologized for it in a very sincere way and and thought about ways in which she could help Anissa or be a better friend to Anissa but I don't trust Davy as a friend like I I'm really beginning to be mad at her I'm not liking her <laughs> I begin to tell you Yes. And I, I feel that way too. And I still, I don't think anything Davy's doing is she, she's not being, you know, carefully like manipulative and thoughtfully trying to do the wrong thing or ruin people's lives or be hurtful when she's ignoring Paxton and his reliance on her for help and his expectation of like hey you said you would help me I'm I need you now and she's ignoring him and she doesn't think about what she's saying about Anissa and how that might hurt her or come back to her and she's cheating on the um the run for charity or whatever's happening and we see her doing all this and none of it seems calculated. It's just mistakes, but she's doing it so often. You're like, Davey, it's all why? reactive. Start. That's what yeah. happens when you cannot actually manage your thinking or at least understand what you're thinking and why right. everything is a reaction and every reaction you have, you have to think it's suspect on some level. And we see, we know she's just still struggling. Like she's in pain and hurting her. She's reeling from the loss of her dad and 
you know, feeling insecure. She's now maybe going to fail PE, all of her own insecurities where she's listening. She's trying to find that soothing, something to soothe and alleviate her and get her back to a place of calm thinking. And she's listening to that voicemail that her dad left, which is a healthy coping mechanism, right? She has figured out something instead of exploding and getting angry. She tries to go and listen to her dad's voice and that brings some comfort. And then we see that that still is not the magical wave the wand. Now everything in your life is going to be fine and fixed. Right, and but, but the thing is, it's still an external thing that she's expecting mm-hmm. to help her. So yes. that, that idea that, okay, I'm going to listen to my dad's voicemail and everything will be okay. And then she lost her phone. And yes. so she didn't have whatever she was using in order to make her feel better there. And so when you're relying on something external to yourself in order to make you feel better, that might be helpful for a little while, but what if you lose that thing? And then you're always worried about losing that thing. And that's always a possibility. And you still don't have the center or yourself or what it is that you can do individually. Like breathing, I think would have been much better for her or figuring out a really good breathing technique, which she tried to do. But again, there's nothing external to yourself that you will believe enough to have it continuously help you through hard situations. There might be some relief, but it's never a complete relief. And it's always very tenuous. That's such a good point. Right. And so she's not, we would think because she's not using alcohol. She's not using drugs. She's not escaping in one of those ways. It's listening to her father's voicemail. It sounds very healthy and thoughtful, but you're right. It's no, there's no internal like it's within her control that she's looking at herself as if I have the ability to remain calm or get in touch or allow myself to be upset and then get in touch with my calm inner wisdom. She's, she's still thinking that's not possible. I just need something else to fix me. I need my dad's voicemail or, you know, I need to get boyfriends or yeah, (laughs) whatever else. Right. Whatever she's thinking. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. that's really, yeah. I, th- I think it was a really interesting episode where she, again, does some reactive thing in relation to Anissa. And I think you're right. She didn't do this on purpose. She wasn't calculated or trying. It's just all a reaction. And that comment, I was thinking about this before, that comment that she made about her being anorexic, it was a very flip comment. But I do believe that everything I say does make a difference and Mm -hmm. is put out there in a world in a certain way. And that there's like no throwaway thing that you say or no throwaway behavior. Like everything has some kind of meaning. And I think about that a lot, that, that it's just, it's just not a throw, like from, from child to mother, from mother to child, like, you know, they're, they're, they're not throwaway behaviors. They're not throwaway thoughts or statements. They make- I mean, that would be really impactful, Nikki. I don't think I live my life that way. And that I think everything I stay, say, is impactful. I'm not thinking of it in those terms. So if I, if I was that, I would be much more careful and considerate in, in the things I say in the comments. Totally. I I think people weren't considerate with us. And so we're not used to doing that. And we're also, 
we just do it somehow with the idea that we should be allowed to do it, or there should be a way in which we should be free in that way. But most of what we're saying, and we talk about this before, are not necessarily things that we're truly thinking we might be reacting to. And maybe it was a thought that, that somebody else had given us before. But, but if it's really unkind, if it doesn't make sense, if it's not in line with your values or what you would like to be seen or perceived as, then it's probably not the right thing to say. And yeah. I just, I really think about all that stuff now and I'm working on making sure that, that what I say is really what I want to say and that I believe needs to be said or not, which means I'm, I'm not saying a lot anymore <laughs> because I'm not sure. <laughs> and that doesn't mean I'm holding myself back. You know, it just means that I'm, I'm trying to be thoughtful and, and see how that'll affect yeah. somebody. Absolutely. So if Davey was thinking about it, I mean, I keep waiting, right? We've been watching, we're in season two for Davey to, she's learning some lessons here, but I'm still waiting for her to recognize, hey, I'm upset about Anissa and Ben. She doesn't have to accuse anyone. She doesn't have to lose control and freak out and then create all these situations where she's making Ben run more often and she's keeping them out of the tent to make sure that they don't make out. Like it is so silly. We see her running around and she doesn't just say, like, hey, Anissa, what's going on with you and Ben? Is there anything? happening there or you know I care about Ben so I just wanted to ask because I think I might still have feelings for him she doesn't think about it herself and then she doesn't take the next step to like what can I do in this situation maybe I should talk to Anissa maybe I should just talk to Ben and say hey Ben do you have feelings for Anissa now I I just wanted to check in with you. And then if he says, yes, I'm crazy about Anissa, then maybe she could have a reaction. But she like goes 10 steps ahead of where anything's happening. And she's like, I'll prevent this. And then I'll avoid that. And then I'll manipulate this situation. And then I'll feel better. And and I I mean, I can't say that I've never done that or that I, <laughs> I think we've so all much. done that. We all want to feel better. We're like constantly manipulating and avoiding situations to feel okay. Yes. In an but irrational way where I think it'll be easier and that person will never have to know. And then no, if, if I do all of the, you oh know, God. other six chess pieces. Yeah. Yeah. But, but then you have yeah. to keep track of all the ways in which you're talking about things and manipulating them. And it, it just always it always comes back. So, so that's that whole thing about like, you know, how do you truly feel your feelings and why is it important to, and we talk about that a lot, you know, that an observer of your feelings and really being, being able to feel them and know that they're just a sensation in your body and, and really know that because it clearly, it doesn't feel like that's true. It feels like the end of the world, you know, but somehow really getting a handle on that gives you so much more power and control to be able to deal with whatever difficult situations you might have to deal with in, in a, an honest way. In a, in a way that could be helpful and actually get you to a better place. Yeah. I mean, I can picture if Davy was journaling, didn't her therapist tell her to use this <laughs> yeah. journal? Right. If she like 10 minutes a day, I can picture her in the morning before yes. school thinking uh -huh. like, I'm really stressed out. I could possibly fail PE, you know, or like just her being more aware of how she is feeling or at the end of the day saying, 
I just noticed that I'm not as drawn to Paxton and this thing with Ben, I'm thinking a lot about how our relationship was and maybe we could go back to that. And maybe he said he was all in and maybe that I do feel like I care about him. If she was journaling that out and just noticing what is going on with her, that could be really helpful for her. And also um, that she's know- not going to be able to avoid every bad feeling. Like Ben might not be interested in her anymore. Right. And that that is going to be the heartbreak. Yes. Right. Yeah. You might have to look at it. And if you can just be aware that you like Ben, then you, you might be able to begin to start thinking, maybe he likes me, maybe he's going to break my heart, but I have to see what's going to happen there. Give it a try. Definitely. I am mm-hmm. loving Ben. I, I know that you and your kids did an episode Ben versus Paxton. I hate to do a versus thing because they're both very different. And I'm, ab- I'm actually loving Paxton too. Like Paxton uh-huh. is continuing to better himself, but Ben... Is Ben not surprising? Like really yeah. trying to do the right thing constantly. And I, I guess, like Ben a lot. Oh my God. But I guess that thing about not feeling like you have to fit into a certain group in school means that you get to make your own decisions about things sometimes. And you get to be that quirky, wacky person that you are with the type of integrity that Ben has. So I think it's really interesting. I don't think that Paxton has that freedom in the same way, just because he's trying so desperately to fit in but he's trying. Yeah. And he's trying to find himself. He's always fit in. So he's like, that was part of his, how he defined himself and now trying to figure that out. If he doesn't have swimming and all these characters are really fun. And I'm, I'm having a great time talking about that. I know we said that we would keep this as a short, quick episode. Um, but I feel like, yeah, definitely. No, I feel like we only talked about one of the episodes though. Like, you know, so here we are on podcast three, we were supposed to talk about five and six. There was so much that went on in six in terms of, you know, the way people apologize or not, but maybe we'll talk about that next time, you know, because I think that each episode kind of deserves its own or has the ability to really like stand on its own in a way. Yeah, it's kind of a lot. Six was that was the witch hunt. Like you said, in the school, school would decided that somehow we have to figure out who started this rumor as if that would not it doesn't matter if Trent started the rumor if Davy started it or who said it what could that possibly impact or matter in any way it was all distracts from the real problem from the real yeah no it's a total distraction people are doing it all the time and again it's to avoid the hard bad feelings with the idea that if you catch the culprits who created the bad feelings for you you're going to feel better so really it's the idea of one person trying to feel better or not a witch hunt is never helpful and never good it might make somebody feel better for a little while the and the other thing maybe we'll talk about this next time is that that new developing relationship between Nalini and Dr. Jackson Davy's mom and Dr. Jackson which is really interesting interesting and the fact that Kamala is trying to exert her 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 strongness as a woman in a lab that's very male dominated but I think yeah. we can talk about episode six next time you know oh, okay that's true okay how's that sound and that way um, so okay. next time we can do six and seven right I guess we could we're gonna be a little off guys I don't I don't you know you got this so <laughs> 
But we're having He's so up. much fun. Keep having these conversations. We've got the workbook from season one coming out. Um, and I was I was hoping actually to put a lot of great snacks in there for you guys before you watch it, just because this is kind of a snack related series as opposed to Gossip Girl, which definitely felt like a mocktail related series. So... <laughs> So it's all going to come out and you're just going to have the best conversations ever and the closeness that'll keep you together in a way that you won't go looking for other, other places in order to make yourself feel better from hard feelings or, or intruding thoughts or whatever it is. So good. All right. Bye everybody. Bye. Thanks. Swinging on a swing I just turned five And I can do anything You're just my size And I like your smile Could you be my friend? Let's swing for a while Come swing with me Sky